0: On 1116 SEN, no man should ever walk alone with Danny Brawley for The Hater Clinic, gold standard in addiction treatment.
1: And it's a very good morning and great to have your company for a brand new initiative running here at 1116 SEN and a very worthwhile one because the saying goes, the greatest wealth is health. And that is exactly what we are here to do on No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. It's all thanks to The Hater Clinic, gold standard in addiction treatment. Danny Frawley, good morning to you. This is your brainchild and it's finally coming to fruition.
2: Uh, pretty excited, Jack. Uh, good morning to all the listeners out there. And it's something that uh, it just evolved. Um, as we know, about six weeks ago, I put an article out with Homish McLaughlin about my trials and tribulations with mental health. But it goes a little bit deeper than that too, Jack, it's about. Um, I've got three daughters at home. I've got a beautiful wife uh, Men, unlike women, they don't have the same opportunities and, and networkings around health and well-being. And, and I talk about my girls. They they look at uh, their efforts around health, the beauty, the relationships, and their well-being, and they have a collaborative approach. Mm. They actually deal on any issue straight away. You know, my wife's uh, girlfriends, and, and I'm, I'm sure they sit down and talk about me, their husband, and they, they, they get a little bit of a networking approach and support each other. Men traditionally um and I'm talking about 35 to plus probably now the uh, but youngsters as well uh, in the past we're stoic this is me stoic stubborn competitive and you don't want to let people know you've got a got an illness or an ailment because you just in the past if you have got an issue grab a tissue and and stop sucking up and get the job done so I think the fact that um now we're going to be able, able to go out there and 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 talk about you know men's health issues, physically and, and sort of mental wellbeing yep. is, is pretty exciting for me because as I said, I've seen the highs and lows of, of um, elite sport. You know, people look at Danny Frawley and thought, gee, you know, he's a, he's a tough full back, he's, a, he's from a spud farm, he's coached Richmond, he does a really good job in the media but there were some underlying issues there from the get-go that I didn't realise I had and if I had to put my hand up a lot earlier, I probably didn't, wouldn't have ended up where I did a couple of years ago.
1: 9429 or 0433 98 1116. This is an open forum. It's the whole point of the yep. show, isn't it, Spud, to give us a call, send us an SMS and talk openly.
2: No, it certainly is. And as I said, I'm, I'm sort of here and I'll get the experts in and we'll introduce one of our experts shortly. But I've lived and breathed it and I just want to make sure and I'm, I'm quite passionate about this to, to, to basically get men to actually, one, get a network, but two, put your hand up. And the, the one thing I want to get out of this is for men, any age, go and get a health check once a year. Why? Because you look at your car. Most most men have got a car. They'll spend, and they'll put good fuel in it, but they'll probably spend 1000 to $1,500 a year on servicing that car. Yeah. Guys that are really well uh, sort of uh, positioned in in the corporate world, sporting world, whatever that is, they live their day from when they get up to when they get to bed and then after about two or three years, I thought, gee, why have I got this arm? Why why aren't I sleeping? Because they don't go to a doctor. So the the facts are, I think, and we'll get uh, our guest in, it's about 10 to 15% of men get a, a full-on blown health check once a year. Now, that health check can a whole range of things. We call prostate, bowel, bloods, your, your sugar, uh, your cholesterol, but then the last bit of the the conversation with the doctor and your GP and yourself should be, well, how are you going, Jack? Sure. And you'll go, yeah, I'm going well, doc. And then he goes, no, no, how are you really going? Mm. There's a couple of warning signs here. And he said, yeah, look, I've got a, a few personal issues. I've had a, a partnership breakdown. I've got a finance issue. So then the doctor then puts you into an expert in, in a whole range of reasons. And that's what happened to me because I wasn't sleeping. So he then put me into a psychiatrist and I didn't realise I was bad as I was. But And as I said, I was one of the stubborn guys. So... We want men out there and for anyone thinking, what can you give your your father, your brother, your uncle, your mate for Christmas, get him a full health check. Because I said, 90% of us go to a doctor when we've got an ailment. Now, unfortunately, some of those ailments become life threatening and and sometimes it's too late. So we just wanna open up the conversation to say, guys, let's just pull down the barriers of, of our past generations it's okay to put your hand up and say you've got something wrong with you.
1: Coming up on the show today, Jackson Oppie, the general manager of the Hater Clinic. And we'll also have a chat to Hadley Fisher, the founder of the Resilience Agenda. Resilienceagenda.com is how you can get involved. But tell us about our first guest and our co-host for today, Spud. He's a man that you know very, very well.
2: Well, I've got Dr. Rowan White here. He's, um, he's also a very good friend. He's a uh, doctor to the stars, actually. He's, uh, good morning, Rowan.
3: Danny, good morning, and thanks very much for uh, the invitation and uh, part of this initiative. And congratulations, well done.
2: No, well, and look, Rowan's had a little bit to do with it. Jack Rowan's was my uh, doctor for all of ten of twelve years, I think, at St Kilda Footy Club. He does a great job in the media now. He's got a, a burgeoning business up there, Bridge Road Imaging. Um, you know, if you need you need a CAT or you need some uh, some work done in that area. Rowan's the man to get at Bridge Road. But but also the fact that. Rowan himself lived and breathed what what we're talking about as well. He's, he's in that uh, hitting zone of of men ageing somewhat. And we think, gee, where, where's our life gone? And and getting a balance, Rowan, is, is pretty important.
3: No, look, you're right, Danny. I mean, uh, there's a great saying, which is uh, when you turn 40 or 50, you get the face you deserve in some respects. <laughs> and there are so many things that happen in your life that uh, make us turn out what we are at this stage. And there are definite challenges, Danny. And uh, that's what uh, is so good about this program, to get out and talk about it.
2: And you knew that I was um, going to be a little bit in self indulgent at the first uh, segment here, Jack, but a little bit competitive, Rowan, as a a player, and it probably didn't go down too well at times, um, with you being the doctor telling me I couldn't play on Tony Lockett one particular day. (laughs) Well you're certainly
3: a very competitive uh, person Danny and, and I, Jack if you can indulge me in just a quick story here that we were having a chat about earlier that uh, we had to rule Danny out uh, one day when he was supposed to be playing against Plugger Lockett uh, when we were playing the Swans and he was furious we had to go up to Stan Elves and say sorry Danny is not available and so we had a debrief the physio myself uh, Kenny Whiffen the head trainer right. and Danny went down to the old Elstwick Hotel it's uh, no longer there and uh, of course, we we had uh, some refreshments, and uh, Danny, of course, really took it to heart. He said, "I could play." Have a look at this. And as he walked out, he picked up the big planter box next to the front door, which would have been about one meter by one meter, with a large <laughs> plant in it, and moved it from the side of the front door to the nature strip. It was it must have weighed half a ton. He said, "Look," and I said, "Well, look, it's probably playing against Plugger, maybe not dissimilar, but you know, the funny thing was, Jack, I saw the following morning because I drive that way to Monash Hospital. The following day, I saw two blokes with a forklift." <laughs> <laughs> moving it back to where it was first situated, but Danny's a very competitive beast, and uh, I think that's one of the things where you know you wore your heart on your sleeve. Uh, it was considered a sign of weakness, potentially. Mm. You know, it's a bit like concussion yep. in football yeah. now. You know, we, we now know concussion is uh, not good. You know, you've got to rest the player, and similarly. With uh, mental wellness, and it's all coming out uh, in footy now. We accept players do have these challenges, mm. and we care for them now, which was not the case in your day, Danny.
2: No, you're spot on. And what about the fact of um, men getting a health check, Rowan? You're, you're the expert. How important is it for, for men? We, we, we all want a, a balanced lifestyle. So the number one thing you should do is go and see your GP. Is that is that a fair point?
3: Well, we've been talking about this and of course you're a great advocate and the simplest thing is, let's keep it simple because yeah. we are men, yeah. get a health check on your birthday. Just mm. lock it in and, uh, you know, it's an interesting stat that more than 90% of women tend to uh, book into their GP in advance. You know, they plan this. Yeah. But about 90% of men, it's uh, booking on the day. Mm. You know, there mm. is no planning that goes into this. And when we consider how many illnesses and diseases that men in their 40s and 50s, which are hidden, you know, the diabetes, the high blood pressure, the prostate cancer. And the only way you can uh, find out about these issues is see your doctor. And and as you said, what a great uh, birthday present for a partner to their husband. Uh, the health check, yes. once a year on your birthday.
2: And women do such a great job of promoting issues. Like breast cancer, yep. you know, in AFL in particular. You know, you had Shane Crawford riding all over Australia. You've got the Pink Day with... Um, Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs. Heart attacks for men, uh, that, that's our biggest killer, isn't it's it? It's
3: another one killer. You're absolutely right. And uh, cardiovascular disease is the hidden killer with high blood pressure, uh, high cholesterol that you talked about earlier, stress, anxiety, depression. This all affects our cardiovascular system. But uh, talking about prostate cancer, I mean, keeping it in... Uh, Sort of in mind that uh, one in seven men will develop prostate cancer in their life, and and that uh, is equal to about men with uh, women with uh, breast cancer who who it affects one in eight. So, it's a very similar disease, and it's getting a lot more awareness now with uh, the new testing that's out there. And men should get this uh, done. It's simple. It's easy. It's a blood test. Get onto it.
2: And our great mate, the late Trevor Barker, uh, superstar player, looked after himself. Unfortunately, bowel cancer. Didn't read the signs there, Rowan. And, you know, died at the age of 39, which was yeah. far too young. For dreadful. a guy who was going to be a great AFL coach too. We know he's a superstar player. But again, unfortunately, you see the Teddy Wittens and, and the Trevor Barkers. That, that, that's a pretty sad story, isn't
3: it? Well, look, cancer is, you know, the number three killer in men. And uh, when we look at a prostate's the commonest. lung, unfortunately, people still smoke. I mean, this will be with us for a long time. Bowel cancer is with... Uh, but of course, don't forget melanoma, Danny and this yeah. again is something that's important with the health check. You can see the melanomas, and uh, we know of uh, many of our colleagues and others uh, who have yeah. uh, suffered this illness it's uh, It's out there and can be easily checked you know get get it sorted.
2: What about the the fact that we you know our our children our nieces and nephews they they seem to be fairly wide but we've we sort of come on the end of um you know the iphone this busy lifestyle we're just going on the treadmill of life and and I use this analogy now, Rowan, with, you know, the, the support of doctors and and uh psychiatrists. I don't mind saying that I I still see him as a bit of a health check for myself. Yes. I don't need to see him, but he's been a good mentor for me and we've talked about the traffic light for me. Because as you know, uh when things were going well for me, the the green light was on, but it never stopped. I was on this treadmill of life just spinning jack and spinning and going, Oh, how good's this but Unfortunately, eventually my mind wouldn't stop, my body would, but then I stopped sleeping. So my mind just kept going and I couldn't, there was no yellow light, there was no red. So now the green for me is, yep, I've got to get this done now. You know, it has to happen for for a whole range of reasons. The yellow um, is just where I slow down a little bit, still working away, but not manic. And the red, that's been the big um, flip for me is that's my time, Jack. And it's a bit of yoga. It's a little bit of riding the bike just with some headphones on, not in the past like trying to beat everyone on beach road and just nearly having a heart attack, just sitting on the bike, going for an hour and a half, whistling Dixie, and that's my time. And people say, where do you get the time? Well, you've got to get up earlier. It's as simple as that. I know there's a lot of shift workers out there that might be listening different times, but you need to have at least half an hour of your own time, and that's my red time. So, And what would you do, Ron? Because you're busy, you've got a young family, Beautiful wife, you've got a lot of colleagues. You, you, you know, the leading radiologist in in the world. Um, what's your red time?
3: I, I, look, uh, what I do uh, is a little bit different. But what you're describing, Danny, is balance, and and I think that's what it's all about. And and that's something that uh, has come out of uh, the issues that you've had recently is that you now balance your life a lot better. Uh, I mean. Uh, uh, for myself, uh, I ten years ago started walking. I couldn't run anymore; my knees were packing up, and that's something that I think is part of this whole issue with mm. men. We just refuse to think that we're going through the aging process and going through change. And uh, I've met a bunch of guys they're completely uh, out of the medical sphere. We all sit down, we have a cup of coffee, we talk about how great we used to mm. be. There's one bloke <laughs> who was an amateur footballer. You th- would have thought he's won four Brownlows way he carries right. on. But you know what? It's a great release. It's something I look forward to. There's a, a saying, in fact, a patient said to me once who does a lot of yoga, and uh, they said, if I didn't do yoga for an hour a day, I wouldn't know where I'd get the time to do everything. Mm. And, you know, Danny, who would have thought five or ten years ago you'd be doing the downward dog or the salutation <laughs> of the sun? It's not a good look either, Jack. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm up the back not, a, of the not room. a great visual p- picture, no, I'm, I'm guessing. I'm yeah. up
2: the back of the room.
3: But it's all about balance, Danny.
2: And, look, I went to Swiss. Um, uh, Officers sit down here in Collingwood the other day, and uh, outstanding company. And they've got this room. They've got about three or 400 staff there, you know, a burgeoning company going really well. They've got this room that's darkened, and any time between two and three, their whole staff are allowed to go in there. Yep. No iPhones, no computers, and just chill out. There's a couple of beds there, there's couches, a darkened room. And they, they led to believe that their productivity goes up by switching off and just just concentrating on your breath.
3: So it's about efficiency as well.
2: It certainly is. And look, there's a, a couple of SMSs here, Rowan. And I know, as I said, we're, we're talking to a lot of the punters out there. He said here, and this is an interesting one, what does a men's health check entail? Which is a good question, because he's thinking, oh, gee, is there something wrong with me? I'm going to get a health check.
3: Absolutely not. It's, uh, it's about uh, as we do with our vehicles. In fact, it's interesting that men spend more time looking after their cars than they do themselves mm. and often spend a heck of a lot more money in doing so. So the health check, basically, it's more of an extended visit. It's not the 10-minute visit to the GP to have your, you know, your cough checked out. It's usually about half an hour. There's usually a bunch of uh, blood tests that are done where uh, the doctors uh, are looking for yep. the healthiness of your liver, your kidneys, and uh, just checking up on your, your cholesterol they do the PSA test it's called prostate specific antigen that is usually high in people who have early signs of prostate cancer you get your blood pressure checked get the skin check done and most importantly Danny as you've uh, inferred you sit down and have a chat Mm. the doc should say now how are things going mate how's work how's your wife how are the kids And, and you know, that's often a, a release for a lot of guys uh, to get out there and uh, say what's really happening in their life. Mindful too that there's this great saying, you've got to be careful in uh, the parents you choose because a lot of illnesses uh, carry down through the generations. And often it's the first time that uh, a patient can say to a doctor, oh, look, my mum and dad passed away or had a heart attack, Danny, and like yourself, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not talking out of school, yeah. here, that your father had heart Disease, and uh, for that reason, you came along to us a few years ago.
2: Yeah, I reckon we might talk about that after the break, which is interesting. And w- one thing here, w- one uh, SMS, Rowan's talked about financially. How much does it cost a health check?
3: Well, if it's uh, the, the, it can be bulk billed. Yeah, there are certain clinics uh, that uh, will offer this service uh, uh, through Medicare. Yeah, I think what's most important is not generally the cost, but generally how you feel with the doctor who you sit mm. down and have a chat yeah. to. It's, it's, it's correct. Trust. It's, it's an alliance. It, it's someone who you're going to be spending potentially the rest of your life mm. having a relationship yeah. with. Someone who you can ring up and say, Doc, I'm a bit worried. You know, It's support. So look, uh, when it comes to cost, I, I think, hey, let's put it into perspective. Spend 10% mm. of what you spend on your cow and yourself, and that yeah. could be a good starting point.
1: So that sets the scene. That's what we're here, and that's what we're here trying to do. It's No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. It's thanks to the Hater Clinic, gold standard in addiction treatment. Dr. Rowan White's in the studio. Spud's here. We'll take your calls and your SMSs after the break. On
0: 1116 SEM, No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with Danny Brawley. For the Haida Clinic, gold standard in addiction treatment.
1: Great to be with you for the first episode of No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. It's all thanks to our great mates at the Hater Clinic, gold standard in addiction treatment. Danny Frawley's here. Dr. Rowan White is in the studio as well. Very shortly, we'll talk to Hadley Fisher, the founder yeah. of the Resilience Agenda. But, Spud, we have thrown the lines open, yep. 9429 or you can send us an SMS, 0433 We want people to get involved, don't we?
2: We certainly do, and uh, we've got the expert here, Rowan White. So we've got a, we've got the expert here. So what a great opportunity to get on the phone and uh, get some free advice. Paul
1: from Moorabark's done exactly that. Good morning, Paul.
4: Hey, uh, gentlemen, how are you going?
1: Going well, Paul.
4: I was uh, diagnosed with uh, bipolar uh, about 10 years ago and uh, I've, co- I've co-existed with that, uh, that mental illness until about two years ago where I've actually learned to live with it and, uh, and um, be productive in uh, today's society. But for the first eight years I was in denial and, uh, just uh you know, my, my my life went from normal to um absolutely manic in, in, in most days and then uh, a couple of weeks uh, later was uh, I was really, really bad and couldn't see anybody. I locked myself in the room for my, my room for three or four days at a time. So as I said, um, for the first eight years I was in denial and I was one of them blokes who thought I could do it by myself. But once you uh once you reach out and talk to people and you don't then come what it's you actually live with it and you live with it every day. That it uh, you can wake up smiling and wake up going a bit or so we go to bed smiling at the
2: same time. Uh, congratulations, Paul! And can you just enlighten us the fact that a uh, couple of years ago, how did you, did you just basically put your hand up to your partner or your mate or your doctor, and and just said, look, I'm I'm really battling here because as I said, there's a lot of people listening and there's a lot of people probably going through similar situations at the moment. How did how did you come about to be so proactive?
4: All uh, right, well here's, here's the honest truth. I uh, spent a lot of time in the military, and then I uh, left the military. And uh, I had I was, I was involved with a few major incidents there. And then uh, I got to the stage where uh, my bipolar was uh, right up and down. And when I was at uh, a manic stage, I um, committed a couple of crimes, which I'm very uh, very apologetic for. And I ended up in prison. So it's, uh, it was the, that was a big wake up call. And I did a few programs through that. And getting back out and having some family support and some you know some excellent mates that uh, stood, 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 stood by me and then uh, actually coming to the day that go and you know what i can't do this by myself i have to speak uh, seek professional help and i've been doing that ever since now i'm uh, i've got a high paying job uh, and uh, i've got my son back in my life and you know it's a good days. but in saying that uh, it's uh, not a battle anymore it's a conscious effort to wake up every morning and uh, make the right decisions, take the medication, listen to people, and uh, if you're, you're feeling low, uh, speak out. There's, people, there's, there's mental illness, as you know, Danny. Uh, if you don't speak out, people look at you and go, what's going on there? You really, really, really don't know what's going on there, but if you actually put your hand up and say, hey, listen, I need someone, I need to speak to someone, uh, it kind of all works.
3: Paul, well done. I mean, uh, I think there's a couple of things there that are, are very poignant. One is that uh, you were in denial for many, many years, and it's only now when you've come out and actually talked to people you realise uh, uh, how it has affected your life. And I mean, mindful, Danny and Jack, that 3 million Australians mm. suffer from uh, yeah. me- mental yeah. wellness issues. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, Paul is, is one of those. Uh, now, mindful, Paul, some of the greatest uh, politicians, uh, actors, comedians uh, have bipolar, so you're amongst some great people there, mate. Don't worry about that. And oh, uh, importantly, too, that uh, bipolar, that this, the mood swings that uh, people get in bipolar can be very normal. It's just when you go to those extremes, and you mm. probably know better than most, it's uh, the extremes, particularly the down times, which is uh, a real challenge, and that's the importance of medication, uh, having uh, support, psychology, Psychiatric and most importantly, friends. Mm. And the other thing that's great, you're, you're reconnected with your son. And uh, well done, mate. And, uh, you know, keep up the strength.
1: Paul, thanks very much for your call. We really appreciate it. And we love your honesty. Yeah. Uh, if you're not as comfortable giving us a call, you're yeah. more than welcome to send us an SMS. And it can be anonymous 0433 981116. But that's the theme of what we're trying to do here. And with that in mind, let's welcome our first guest this morning. Hadley Fisher is the founder of the Resilience Agenda, resilienceagenda.com. If you jump on the front page of their website, it's a very simple question, Hadley. What are you doing for your mental fitness? And as we welcome you in this morning, that's a very pertinent question, isn't it?
5: Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, um, yeah what, what are you doing for mental fitness? Because people, um, you know, they spend their time going to the gym, they do yoga, they go swimming, they go running. Um, you know, most people these days realize you've actually got to do something for your physical fitness. But if you ask people, what do you do to your mental fitness? Um, What are you doing to take care of your emotional health? What are you doing to develop your relationships, make better decisions? Most people look at you blankly. And, uh, you know, I've uh, grown up around mental illness in my family. And then I saw, you know, I want more of this at work and with a lot of my friends. And then about a year ago, I said, you know what? I want to do something about this. And that's uh, why I started Resilience Agenda.
2: So we we talked about it uh, before you came on, Hadley, and and good morning. The fact that uh, we live in such a a busy lifestyle and we talked about the green being go, yellow on the light is just sort of slow down a little bit and red being your time in particularly men who have just got so much on their plate just to sit down and assess during the day and and, and just chill out. So what what type of um, exercises or, or what do you suggest... For for the mindfulness and for a lot of people out there, they're saying, "Oh, what's this mindfulness uh, meditation?" I, I really like it, but can you give us a quick snapshot on what it entails?
5: Yeah, so mindfulness and meditation are two words that scare a lot of people off, um, but basically, my understanding of or what would I define mindfulness mindfulness is just noticing stuff, noticing stuff around you. So it's noticing how you feel it's noticing when you're getting emotional when you're getting angry it's noticing when someone else around you isn't comfortable it's just noticing stuff and that's mindfulness and if you take that state of mind into everything you do it's liberating it leads to less drama there's so many benefits to it and then meditation that's another word that scares a lot of people off that's just um you know just inward focus, calm. Basically, anything can be meditation. If you know how to play golf, you've had a trace of meditation. If you know how to go fishing, there's elements of meditation in that. And, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, like to sit on a yoga mat and, and be quiet to meditate. It doesn't have to be like that. You can actually meditate throughout the day. And if you do these little habits, uh, regularly and build systems and habits to, to, to build them into your life, it just changes the way you relate to people, the way you make decisions and the way you feel.
2: I'm led to believe on your website, you've got a little booklet that just sort of walks you through, trying to get used to just chilling out basically. And and obviously your productivity uh, goes up. Is that that the case?
5: I find that's the case. Now, a lot of people say they want to relax and a lot of people want to chill out, but it's actually hard um, to actually do it, especially, you know, with smartphones these days, you know, there's always a distraction. There's always a new email or something out there. And so one of the things that I like to do is to spend half an hour every morning uh, before I check my phone, sitting down, chilling out my time. Before I check the news, before I look at my phone, before I do anything like that, it's half an hour of my time where I will meditate. And for me, what that means is just sitting down, Breathing deeply, focusing on my breath so that I don't get too anxious and too, um, you know, rushed with my breath. And then for the next, you know, five or six hours, I'll just feel this, this great feeling of calm. If you can't do it in the morning, you do it before bed. A lot of people, you know, are on their phones, you know, getting distracted by, you know, social media and news just before bed winds you up, makes it hard to sleep. And uh, as we've talked about in the past, Danny, um, you know, if you're not getting enough sleep, it leads into the next day and, you yeah, it can make you feel
1: rotten. Hadley, your website is absolutely sensational. We've had a good look at it this morning, theresilienceagenda.com. We're going to talk to you throughout this series, but we appreciate your time and joining us on the first show this morning. Thanks a lot. Hadley Fisher, the founder of The Resilience Agenda. We're going to take a break. Jackson Oppie, the general manager of the Hayter Clinic, not too far away from joining us. But after the break, it's my understanding that at some point in time, Dr. Rowan White, Yes, John. That Danny Frawley may have just taken the enthusiasm when it comes to being a doctor a little too far.
3: Oh, yes, I know what you're talking about.
1: More after the break. You're listening to No Man Should Ever Walk Alone for the Hater Clinic, the gold standard in addiction treatment. On
0: 1116 SEN, No Man Should Ever Walk Alone with Danny Frawley. For The Hater Clinic, gold standard in addiction treatment.
1: We're opening up the conversation this morning and no man should ever walk alone. It's all thanks to The Hater Clinic, gold standard in addiction treatment. The general manager of The Hater Clinic, Jackson Oppie, will join us yeah. in about 10 minutes from now. But Dr. Rowan White is our special guest in the studio this morning. Rowan, tell us a little bit about a time. We know that Spud's very enthusiastic about this. And we yep. said that this show is his brainchild and his passion project. Yeah. But there's been times where Spud's been maybe a little bit over-enthusiastic.
3: Well, I've got to say, uh, when uh, Danny talked about the project, I, I sort of knew where the gestation occurred, Jack. Mm. Can I call it that? Uh, and I think he's a modest yeah. man. He won't admit this to too many people. Uh, but he has actually got an honorary doctorate in uh, medicine. because.
2: And, and that was, that's probably where my ego got out of check,
3: Jack. Yeah.
2: And I won't finish Rowan. But I had so many injuries, I basically was sort of Rowan's offsider. Well now and again. But anyway, I, I had all the injuries so I knew, you know, yeah. supraspinatus tendon, the conduit tendon there, the uh the Achillia uh, yeah, tendonitis.
3: That's it. That's it. Um the fetlock he used to come with the fetlock. Yeah, a lot but, of
2: a lot of fungi oh in, nice. injuries that through was, the toes. We had to get
3: the dental out after. But I tell you what, we added up the amount of time that he spent in the medical room during his playing career. It was the same time you can get a medical degree. <laughs> so we uh, we got onto the TAFE Institute out the back because yep. they're over the back fence. We uh, got the nice plaque on his retirement, Still the honorary Doctorate home. of Medicine, yep. uh, Doctor Danny Frawley He did take it, Jack, a little too far once because I came into the medical room after training one session. I saw him administering something to David Grant. There was. So I, he, he sort of, I knew that there was uh, the gestation of something big here, but uh, we did have the big opening of our Bridge Road uh, Imaging Centre up in Richmond there, and uh, we of course uh, had to have the grand opening. We had to have a keynote speaker. There was uh, two, three hundred people there at the opening. Primary you know, we...
2: Health, one of the huge, Pro- huge medical uh, companies in in the world.
3: So they run the show. So we knocked back Russell Crowe and Bill Shorten. We said, no, we've got someone bigger. We've got Danny Frawley, again, because he'd had so much experience in the scanning uh, sector of medicine.
2: And, of course, the PA just assumed everyone was doctors. Yeah. So, you know, Dr. Rowan White and...
3: The keynote speaker, of course, uh, was Dr. Danny Frawley. That's they didn't know any right better Sydney. <laughs> and and
2: <laughs> even my name tag, Helen, I, I thought, gee, this is good. <laughs> Dr. Danny
3: Frawley. Anyway, <laughs> gives, the, gives the speech, and uh, it was a terrific speech. It was about his uh, injury and profile. There's a lot of people
2: from Sydney thinking, God, I'm looking to this, uh, you know, well, orthopaedic sort of expert, or what's he, what's he major in? Yeah, well,
3: part <laughs> of the. Uh, uh, cohort there was uh, some of the researchers Uh, these guys are professors in their field they'd come down from Sydney there's Dr Danny Frawley and uh, I did happen to see (laughs) as I was exiting Danny's speaking to one of the key researchers up there, and all I heard was uh, something about potatoes. You've got to wash them. <laughs> and, yeah, and they're talking about the root legume. And I thought, what the hell? And I've got to tell you, this professor, he had a very bewildered look on his face. And uh, word filtered through from Sydney saying, look, terrific night, great success. Keynote speaker was, uh, yeah, brilliant. Uh, but again, what was his line of research? Uh, something about potatoes. <laughs> oh, and on, to, this day, on,
2: <laughs> to this day, I believe
3: Dr. Danny Crawley uh, is... Indeed. There's a researcher in uh, Bungaree Potatoes.
2: And look, we, we talked about it uh, before the break, Jack, about um, inherent diseases. And and yep. I am IH, uh, inherent heart disease. Yep. So my uncles, my father, um, all basically died. Uh, my father, he didn't die of that, but he had a triple bypass, had a massive heart attack. Most of my uncles were dead by the age of 60. Now... A fair bit of it was inherent, but a lot of it was lifestyle too. Worked on the farm, red meat three times a day, dairy, cream, work hard, play hard, drink a lot. So Rowan said, look, we've got this uh, coronary CAT scan. And uh, what it does, it puts some dye through your, your veins. And went in there and I was as flat as a biscuit when Rowan came back and said, Danny, you've got a 30% blockage in one of your arteries. I'm not sure which one it was. But I, I was flat. I thought, gee, when you actually see it there on the on the laptop. But he said, no. Nah, the positive is you can now do something about it. So I'm on some um, Crestor, uh yep. and and twenty milligrams, the diet's the big one, obviously. So I've actually got a, an opportunity now to live a hell of a lot longer. And yeah. if I didn't have that CAT scan, I would have kept going through. And I know that you know some really leading guys. Jeff Brown, the CEO of Channel Nine, got it, and he his son got him that for his birthday. So. The facts are, you can really get on the front foot and be proactive around, around your health now, Rowan. You've probably seen a thousand of these stories.
3: Well, it's all about prevention, Danny. Uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, your father didn't have the same opportunity. The first time he had uh, knew of heart disease, he had a heart attack That's right. at your age. Yeah, And uh, we knew that this was an issue because uh, one of the health check questionnaires, of course, at the top is, uh, you know, uh, your parents, are they alive? What illnesses do they have? Have they passed away? Because hereditary is a very big thing, not only in physical health, but of course, mental health. which is. Uh, obviously some of the topic for today's discussion. So, Danny, the great thing about uh, you is you know you've got this situation, mm. it's stable, you're treating it with anti-cholesterol tablets, you're exercising, you're eating well, and the, you may not have had the opportunity if you didn't have the scan. Now, we, we do a numbers of these scans, and I, I, look, we're very proud of the fact that mm. I, there are dozens of patients out there who are still alive today thanks yeah. to getting that scan.
2: No doubting that whatsoever. And again, go to your GP, tell him you've got some uh, inherent heart disease, and go to Bridge Road Imaging, and again, um, you know, book in, and it's money well spent, isn't
3: it? Well, that's right. And look, the important thing is it's not just about the scan, but it's no. about seeing your GP, that's getting right. a full health check, maybe seeing a specialist beforehand. And uh, look, the scanning techniques that we have in these areas have really exploded in the last few years, not only in the cardiac side of things, but also for prostate cancer, which is possibly the topic of another discussion.
1: Just one to uh, throw out there before we take a break. nine four two nine eleven sixteen. 1116, or you can send us an SMS like Brett has done, oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Says he's a 45-year-old man who's suffering from... Anxiety and some issues in trying to sleep for some time. He worries about things before they happen, as he's doing things, and doesn't matter how positive he tries to be, feels the situation, worrying thoughts take over, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. He says he's active, he's enjo- he enjoys training, but feels sometimes that his anxiety gets in the way and stopping him enjoying uh, all aspects of his life. Rowan?
3: It's interesting, Jack. Uh, and Brett, uh, look, an interesting topic. Sleep is so important, mm-hmm. it's something that Danny's touched on. I mean, there's a great saying that. Uh, How you feel when you're awake depends on how well you sleep. And Mm. uh, a lot of the issues with sleeping, and uh, we talk about restorative sleep. So when you go to sleep, it's a chance for your body to repair itself, rebuild the muscle, rest the heart, get the mind in order. And if you do not have good sleep, you do not have a good day the following day.
2: Tell us about the REM Regarding yeah. sleep,
3: So look, there's two phases of sleep. There's the REM, rapid eye movement sleep, which is about 25% of the sleep. And that's where you're very active. You kick around, your eyes flick around. That's mm. the REM side of it. So when you dream, that's when you're aroused mm. in every yep. part of your yep. aspect. And then there's the restorative or very deep sleep, <clears throat> which is about 75%. And that's the time when your body really heals itself it that the heart heals itself the muscles heal itself the bones get built up because during the day you're so active the body doesn't have a chance to build itself up and of course it also affects the mental side of things if you are not getting that deep restorative sleep you are not getting your mind back in order and that's what brett's sort of talking about because in it's so important to have a pattern before you go to sleep and again this is a topic for another discussion but the other issue is that old saying, as you get older, you don't need as much sleep. That's rhubarb. Is, need... that, is that a myth? Absolutely a myth. You need just as much sleep, and we generally talk between six and eight hours a night. As you get older, the deep sleep, that restorative sleep, is not as essential because, Danny, can I say it? We're sort of winding down mm, in our later yeah. years. You do not need all that time, but you still need that very important deep sleep for your mind, if nothing else.
2: Tell us about, um, and a lot of people get four weeks holiday a year. Now, it's, it's unrealistic to say, have three weeks off. But I'm led to believe, Rowan, a lot of people have two weeks off. They've been working hard. They'll have two weeks off. The f- end of the first week, they start to get a little bit of flu. And they, they get a little bit tired. And then the next week, they're sort of coughing a bit. But a lot of people say, go away for three weeks because you'll really enjoy your holiday in that third week. Because your body's actually slowing down on holiday. Is that is that true? We've if you can.
3: All, you're absolutely right. We've all experienced this because uh, one of the issues is keeping your immune system up and about. Uh, when you wind down, you tend to, you know, you are more prone to getting a little bit of illness, yeah. you get a touch of the flu, you know, and it's all about getting that restorative sleep back, getting that cycle of sleep pattern together. And I think we've all experienced. Mm. where the first week, you take that much time to wind down. You That's do right. sort of leave yourself prone to these low-level infections. And you do, you're right. We should have a minimum of a three-week block any time we go away. It takes you that long to uh, get yourself right.
1: We'll take our final break. Jackson Oppie, the general manager of the Hater Clinic, will join us in the studio next. You are listening to No Man Should Ever Walk Alone. All thanks to the Hater Clinic.
0: 716 SEN, No Man Should Ever Walk Alone, with Danny Brawley, for The Hater Clinic, gold standard in addiction treatment.
1: It's seven minutes to ten o'clock, you are listening to No Man Should Ever Walk Alone, for The Hater Clinic, the gold standard in addiction treatment. Great to have the General Manager of The Hater Clinic, Jackson Oppie, joining us on our first show. Jackson, good morning, thanks for being with us.
6: Thanks so much for having me, this is an important show and Mm. I'm pleased to be part of it.
2: Good on you, Jackson, and uh, the Hater Clinic, obviously a great sponsor of this show. Uh, for the listeners out there, what uh, does the Hater Clinic, if I've got an addiction, are we talking uh, gambling, are we talking um, bet- betting, or are we talking drugs? So what, what's the hater Clinic involved? We treat all addictions, whether that be substance or
6: process addictions, and we understand that the drugs or the behaviour is not the problem, it's the, it's the person behind that behaviour, and we treat that.
2: How did you get involved in it?
6: I came to the Hater Clinic uh, at the age of 34, I'd been using drugs, uh, you know, I had my first blackout of alcohol at 12, progressed through to 34 where I was using methamphetamine and heroin more days yeah. than not. I'd had a couple of divorces, kids I was no longer allowed to see, and I was just a broken, tearful 34-year-old who wandered into the clinic uh, desperately needing help.
2: And how did the Hater Clinic help you?
6: I was very lucky. The founder of the Haiti Clinic, Mr. Richard Smith, um, took me under his wing, and I was simply taught how to live without drugs. I was an expert in living with drugs. I had a PhD in that, but I had absolutely no experience or skills how to live without drugs, and um, I was taught uh, how to do that, and I'm gratefully sober um, and living in recovery for six years.
2: How hard was it to to actually put your hand up? You knew you had an issue. How hard was it to... And we're talking to people out there on the SMS or or listening at the moment. Was it harder to put your hand up or harder to go to the clinic? What was... Oh,
6: mate, I was delusional. I thought I was flash. I thought I was half a somebody around town. It wasn't until uh, my wife at the time uh, pulled the rug out from underneath me and she said, you can't see your kids. Uh, I went and got some advice, Uh, I was a known drug user, I was told that if she dug her heels in I was going to be on supervised visits at the community centre indefinitely, I said that's not acceptable, the lawyer who was a pretty straight up bloke said well how much do you love your kids, I said well I do, he said well go to rehab whether you think you're an addict or not, so I went to rehab uh, convinced I was not an addict, very uh, quickly I realised that I was. and uh, I'm very grateful to my ex-wife for standing up to me. She was the first person that stood up to me because um, I was a bully. Um, she's pretty tough. She stood up to me and she uh, she got me into treatment. I'm very grateful to her.
2: I've got on your website, you've got a lot of uh, mm. clinics all over the world, not only here in Melbourne and Australia, but uh, worldwide.
6: Yeah, seasonshater.com, seasonshater, H-A-D-R.com. Have a look at their website. You'll see we've got women's programs, men's programs, mixed programs uh, all over the world, Sri Lanka, Thailand, Bali, Queensland, and here in Victoria.
1: Jackson, great to have you in this morning. You're going to be a regular part of this show, but we wanted to get you in for the first episode. And Thank you for your support, obviously, to start with with the Hater Clinic, but also just remind people that there's a lot of options out there. And if you want to hear more of Jackson, tune into Classic Rock Radio from 10 o'clock. So, in about 10 minutes from now, Jackson will be on uh, with his weekly show. So, again, th- on behalf of Spud and everyone, thanks for your support, and we'll talk to you throughout the series. Good on
6: you, Jackson. Thanks for having me, fellas.
1: Jackson Oppy, the general manager of the Hater Clinic. Boys, a couple of minutes before we finish yeah. up. Uh, I think one thing's been really clear off the SMS this morning that. People are enjoying the fact that the conversation is open mm. in this sort of yep. form.
2: and we want to get it more open. As I said, we want to break down the barriers of, of men thinking they've got a weakness. It's, it's an illness, and unfortunately, it's historical. I think the younger generation, we learn from them, Rowan, there. It's yeah. a bit like we're talking, and we weren't laughing about it, but I've got five really close friends and partners. So we go out for dinner. What happens? Uh, there's 10 seats. The men congregate in this end of the table, and the women are up that end and and we just talk about sport and generic things and the women up that end are talking about Probably us and the issues they're having. So, <laughs> yeah.
3: How different is it, Daddy? I mean, we've talked about the genetics of uh, health and uh, what our parents are, but how much have we learned from our kids? I mean, our older kids, they just wouldn't happen to uh, congregate in that way. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things that uh, has been challenging for you, Daddy, when you look at your own upbringing, I mean, you, you've grown up with uh, three male siblings, you've worked uh, on the farm in a male environment, you come into a, a, a all-boys, school. all-boys school, you go to, uh, uh, to a football club, And uh, we wonder why we have difficulty sometimes with our partners and the other sex. I mean, I remember when growing up in an all-boys school, the only time we saw girls was when we looked through the Iron Gates at MLC and (laughs) we tried to see a girl. And yet you look at our kids and the way they get on with their, uh, you know, uh, friends, uh, girls and boys, it is absolutely brilliant. And uh, we can learn so much from our kids, can't we?
1: Hey, uh, just quickly before we finish up, we've got about a minute. Spud, tell us about chess in the bayside area please
2: well look uh, a lot of people look at me and thought how does a spud farmer play chess and obviously once a month rowan and i have a little bit of game of chess but unfortunately when rowan comes to our place my beautiful wife anita went to south africa and bought a a, a little chess set and... Well, it was made for Pygmies. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, anyway, I'll let Rowan finish.
3: Well, look, Danny's very competitive and uh, even at chess, he, you know, if he's getting to being checkmate, you know, the board gets thrown up in the air. Wow, no, but- what a shock. No, it's just the,
2: it's the <laughs> sausage fingers that sort of... Throw Rowan sort well, of king, like king and he, queen down.
3: He's playing chess with a baseball mitt on. That's what it's like. And when he moves his piece, he moves three others. And we've all got to sort of regroup and put it back. The last time we played, he said, I had him in checkmate and he pulled the king off the board and put it on the back. I said, What are you doing? He said, That's called the Royal Classique. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, The grand chess masters, they have two yeah, opportunities right. for the Royal Classique where they can. The man does not like being beaten, yeah. Jack.
1: Rowan, thank you for your time this morning. Spud, well done to you. Make the appointment. We'll be back next week.